Hello and welcome to the AMBOSS podcast, Beyond the Textbook. Every two weeks, experts from AMBOSS, the medical education platform, interview medical students and healthcare professionals to showcase international perspectives on everything in medical school and beyond the textbook. Hello and welcome to the AMBOSS podcast, Beyond the Textbook. Today, I'm your host, AMBOSS Partnerships Manager, Dr. Tanner Schrank, and we're back with Dr. Syed Nakvi, our AMBOSS content lead for medical student advisors. We'll go through a clinical case together, talk about study strategies when preparing for big international exams and for seeing patients. We'll also talk about the AMBOSS Step 1 self-assessment. So without further ado, let's dive right in. If you go to amboss.com, you can find the clinical cases under our library in the clinical skills section. Today we'll be covering case number one, abdominal pain. We'll run through the history and physical, a differential diagnosis, and some things to include in a patient note or when seeing an actual patient like this. So thank you once again, Syed, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Let's start. Abdominal pain. A 47-year-old woman comes to the emergency department because of abdominal pain. She has a temperature of 99.5 Fahrenheit, 37.5 Celsius. 116 over 70 is her BP. Her heart rate is 102 per minute, respirations 20 per minute, BMI is 30 kilograms per square meter. We're supposed to interview her, take a focused history, perform a relevant physical examination, and explain our differential to her along with a preliminary workup. And afterwards, you're supposed to write a patient note. So what are you thinking when you hear her chief concern and her vital signs? So the first question that came to my mind was, what type of pain is it and where is it located? Because I think that has a lot to do with different differentials. You know, given her age, 47-year-old female, higher BMI of 30, you may be thinking of some sort of stones. That's just part of the differential. But of course, we need to dive into the questions and physical examination history as well. Definitely. Yeah. We really need to pinpoint where on the abdomen. Yep. The AMBOSS clinical cases are kind of designed to be done with a partner. Someone is a mock physician, someone else is a mock patient, and the patient has instructions too. So our patient is advised to sit hunched over forward in severe abdominal pain, and she has a specific place to point on her abdomen where it hurts, and she's supposed to tell the physician some specific things about her pain, and there is a challenge question that she will give us if we ask the right history questions. First, let's talk about this pain. You would ask, what brings you in today? And she says pain in her stomach. It's in the middle and upper right. So we would localize that as right upper quadrant. It doesn't exactly rule out other things, but it leads us down some more likely illnesses. With pain in the upper right quadrant, that's where your gallbladder is located. That is where your liver is located. So anatomically, you start to orient yourself in terms of what could really be going on And Mm -hmm. if you remember in the opening scenario, this patient has a higher BMI of 30. So, you know, if you mention the patient's weight in the exam situation or even the clinical situation, of course, this is where a patient may turn around to you and get offended. So one of the things that we need to be able to do is be cognizant and mindful of how we speak and how we question during our encounters. So how would you respond with that? If I asked you, are you saying I'm fat? I would say something like, 
being overweight does set you up for more illnesses. And we do need to talk about your weight. And I could actually provide you with some resources on how to lose weight if that's what you feel is best for you. And we can work through this together. But I absolutely am not trying to offend you by bringing up your weight. Right. And really just trying to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. All right. So now we want to know more about this pain. We know where it is, but how bad is it? It's bad enough for her to come to the hospital, right? Even the emergency department. So we ask her and she says it's eight or nine on a scale of one to 10, which is almost the worst pain she's ever had. Then what kind of pain is it? So what's the character? She says it's dull. So dull can mean not piercing. So we have a dull, intense pain in the right upper quadrant. When did it start? She says 12 hours ago. Okay, so now we have a very specific time. Time can definitely be a good indicator of if this is acute or chronic as well. So in this case, we are saying 12 hours ago, but that could also just be 12 hours ago for the most recent event. Yeah. So we need to dive further. Maybe what started the pain? She said it started after dinner yesterday. Something tied to meals definitely means we're on the right track with the organs in the right upper quadrant, stomach, liver, gallbladder, pancreas. Has it gotten worse? Has it been constant? Has it come and gone? She says it hasn't really gone away since yesterday evening. It may even be getting worse. It's something to keep in mind that she definitely needs something to help her with this pain. Has she ever had anything like this in the past? Previous episodes? None, she said. She's had stomach pain after meals, but it's always gone away after a couple of hours. Stomach pain, but it has gotten better after a couple of hours. So probably has something to do with digestion, the the breakdown of the food that she's eating. And the type of food, I'm sure, has something to do with it, too. Yeah. Another question you want to ask about pain is if it radiates, if it goes anywhere else. So we ask her this, and she says, it hurts really bad all the way around to my back. And she also has some pain in her right shoulder. So this is key. This is some referred pain, right? That radiating to the right shoulder is pretty characteristic of gallstones, biliary colic, most likely. Mm Mm-hmm. And does anything make it better? Some alleviating factors, and then maybe does anything make it worse? Some aggravating factors. She said a warm water bottle she tried, but it didn't do anything. Sitting hunched over helps a little, and lying on her back hurts more. Okay, so some physical movement forward and backwards really localizes it to probably a stone in the GI tract. Right. Does she have any other symptoms at the same time? She felt sick to her stomach. After dinner, she even vomited three times last night. She felt a little warm, maybe feverish. Okay, so it's pretty severe, vomiting three times. So then, of course, that brings up its own questions. Let's talk about the vomit. What color was it? What consistency was it? Was there blood in it? She said it was mostly yellow. It was after dinner. She didn't notice any blood. So now we have our information about the pain. And there are some mnemonics for asking about someone's pain. I use Socrates, and each student has their own way of preparing for these exams and encounters. I'd like to also remind ourselves it's not just about exams. It's about clinical encounters and the patients themselves. But anyways, I had friends who would make flashcards and different approaches to every single type of case. But I went in with one mnemonic, which is Socrates, and be able to apply it in any different type of encounter that I would have. For me, it was about consistency and just being very flexible in the approach to these encounters. Mm -hmm. Socrates, as the mnemonic for pain, is used to remember severity of the pain. O stands for onset. C, character. R, radiation. And then A is associated symptoms. 
T, time course, E, exacerbating, and then S, severity or sight, whichever one you didn't use at the first S. Right. And like I said, master this mnemonic or another mnemonic, whichever you prefer to use. But it's just a matter of getting enough practice and being comfortable with your approach to patients. Yeah, that's totally true. So then we've done the chief concern. Now let's move on to a review of systems. The clinical case has a lot listed here, but let's just stick to the pertinent ones. She hasn't noticed any skin changes, so this could help rule out some things like jaundice. No changes in urine or stool. Very important. If she had blood in her stool, if she had change in color, this would definitely tell you it's something with the intestines. Could be some liver illnesses. Appetite has been about the same. Which is interesting because the pain begins after eating, right? So right. in certain other cases, like an ulcer, as an example, patients will have decreased appetite or increased appetite because when they eat, either the pain gets better or the pain gets worse. Yeah, good point. So then we move on to the past social history, family history, medical and surgical history. Past medical history is only noteworthy because she's been told to lose weight in the past. And the clinical case gives us a little hint here. She is positive for some of the risk factors for cholelithiasis, so gallstones. The six Fs, fat, female, fertile, 40, fair-skinned, and family history. They're not pretty, but it's important. People with these risk factors are at higher risk. So Mnemonics in itself are important because at the end of the day, it's important to have that understanding still, right? And still be able to recall information. Right. They're good to remember the highest risk, but it's not set in stone. So when I was a teenager, I had gallstones. I actually had my gallbladder removed. I am not female. I was not fat. I was not fertile. I was not 40. I am fair-skinned, and I do have a family history. But for most of the risk factors, I don't fit the bill. But So do you have to do anything differently with your diet or just lifestyle? Yeah. Now I should avoid fatty foods because my body can't digest them as well. So the bile that my body does make isn't stored in the gallbladder and then released when I need it. It's just constantly released from the liver. So it's a lot harder for me to digest fat-soluble vitamins. It's suggested to take vitamins for those. Yeah, if I eat fatty foods, usually I have to go to the bathroom more often than other people. It's harder for me to gain weight. Kind of a good thing some people would think. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I can totally relate to this patient coming in with this intense pain. And it does feel like it radiates to the back, which is kind of a weird thing. Like my abdomen hurts, but not here. It's deeper. So she said it radiated to her back. I felt like it was in the core of my abdomen. And then the referred pain up to your shoulder, that's exactly how it feels. Right. Yeah. And another thing to consider, though, it doesn't necessarily just have to be the gallbladder, right? Her pancreas yeah. is also at risk. The pain rating to the back could be a sign of acute pancreatitis. Yeah, good point. It's important to check that out. All right, so let's continue our history. She has no allergies. She takes antacids because she has heartburn, so she might have gastroesophageal reflux disease. A couple of times a month, she has a big dinner at night, and then she has this heartburn. She can't sleep. So laying flat after meals can increase heartburn. Being overweight increases heartburn. She's had two children. This can also increase the chances. No past surgical history. Her mother had gallstones. Her father died of a stroke. She drinks one to two glasses of wine with dinner most nights. 
She had a little more than that the past two days because they had guests. So if it was pancreatitis, we might expect her to be more of a chronic alcohol drinker. She says she does not do drugs or smoke, and she cannot find the time to exercise. So this is, again, where we can bring up these weight loss resources for her. And then we begin the physical exam. We inspect her sclera. So that's the idea of jaundice could affect the eyes. Yep, and then jaundice there. And then we auscultate the heart and the lungs. And the important part is the abdomen. We visually inspect it, we listen, auscultate, we percuss, and we palpate. Of course, you want to wear gloves, wash your hands. You want to start more gentle and then work more deeply on the abdomen. Make sure to check the parts that don't hurt before moving on to the right upper quadrant that hurts. And we check for Murphy's sign and she's positive for it. Now we move on to all of our communication and interpersonal skills. Of course, remember to do all of these things like knocking on the door, providing a gown to the patient, listen attentively. Don't just brush off her question of, do you think I'm fat? Actually address it. One of the things that you mentioned, her gown, right? You want to make sure that they feel comfortable during their encounters. So respectful creeping. Essentially making sure that you're not uncovering unnecessarily and making sure that they are appropriately covered throughout the entire encounter. Yeah, you don't want to make them uncomfortable needlessly. So that brings us to the differential, and then we would write a patient note. So what are the top couple ideas for this patient? We mentioned gallstones, cholelithiasis. Along with that, you would have cholecystitis, is just inflammation of the gallbladder. Pancreatitis as well, too. Presence of right upper quadrant pain and positive Murphy sign means that it's probably a little bit less likely, but it's still a part of differential. Absolutely. And you're thinking gallstones, then these can be multiple places. It could be biliary pancreatitis. It could be cholelithiasis. It could be cholelithiasis. It just depends on where the stone is blocking the duct. Right. Honestly, in medical school, that was one of the more difficult things to remember when it came to gallstones was the location. Exactly. And you could check for them all with an ultrasound. It's not invasive. It's very cheap to do. I would do some labs as well, too. Also look into some liver enzymes and also check the bilirubin levels. Yeah. And if we're thinking pancreas, you want to check amylase, lipase, and it's always good to get a complete blood count. You can check for her electrolytes. And if you want to go a step further, you could go a CT scan of the abdomen. But I would say start with the ultrasound. I agree, especially in proper patient management. You don't want to do, you know, more than you need to, because obviously you also have to consider portability, insurance coverage, and avoid doing unnecessary tests. Yeah. So we would brief her on these differentials that we think it is. We would order an ultrasound and liver enzymes and these blood tests. And we would give her some pain medication in the meantime and then tell her our plan. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So was this a challenge for you in medical school? What was the biggest challenge for you? That's a good question. I would say information overload and trying to absorb everything I can, but also being able to understand it and then not just regurgitate it, but apply it most importantly. I always felt like I was playing catch up no matter how long I was studying for. Yeah, there's a lot of times too much information and it's different to prepare for each patient and each subject. But one of the best ways is to do clinical cases like this, try to see as many patients in low stakes areas as you can. Yeah, and honestly, practice is really the only way. 
Yeah. And on that note, in February 2023, from the 9th until the 19th, the AMBOSS Step 1 Self-Assessment Week will be running. So students can sign up right now. We'll put a link in the show notes for this episode, and you get free access to AMBOSS to answer over 150 clinical case-based multiple-choice questions in USMLE style. You get 10 days to start these blocks whenever you have time. You'll have study recommendations tailored to you. Not only will you get a numerical score, but now you'll get a pass-fail probability, just like on the real Step 1. And it's totally free. So definitely check that out and sign up for your step one self-assessment week from AMBOSS. Yeah, definitely don't miss out on that opportunity. It's a pre-exam, but it's more than an exam. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this AMBOSS podcast. Thank you very much, Syed, for taking the time to sit down with me and run through this clinical case and for giving your insightful tips on the challenges faced in med school. Thank you, Tanner. And thank you, everyone at home for listening. So today we ran through abdominal pain and a patient who most likely had gallstones. If you want to practice more, you can check out the AMBOSS platform where we have 40 unique clinical cases designed to be run through with a partner. So definitely check those out. The links in the description can give you a more in-depth understanding of these concepts. If you like this episode, please give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. You can check out the AMBOSS platform for your medical studies and sign up for a free five-day trial at amboss.com.